Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. And a fine Saturday matinee to you both. Good morning. Hey, good morning. I adore that we are all suffering together now. I thought (laughs) that we were going to get a break and that I was going to get to wake up late. But no, now you've scheduled things that require us to do this still in the dark. No, no, no. The sun's up here. Are you in the dark? 
I'm in the dark. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forget. You're like in the Arctic Circle, where the <laughs> sun doesn't come up till like 11 a.m. <laughs> no, he, he gets yes, the, aurora borealis. He gets the sun <laughs> like uh, you know for one month in the summer, and then it doesn't set. <laughs> I, 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 you guys clearly need to come just even no. a little bit north, because <laughs> I don't think where you think I live is really where I live. <laughs> See, I, no, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to Scotland because. I want to visit Stephen Smart because there's some weird Aurora Borealis type thing up there that they've named Steve. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yes. So, so Steve and Steve, we're going to go visit Steve up there in Scotland. It's, <laughs> I saw some article and it's, yeah, in Scotland, it's some weird Northern Lights thing. And for some reason, it's called Steve. So, if I'm going way up north, I'm going to do it there so I can visit my namesake. It makes me too. wonder how many Steves have made that journey. <laughs> Me too. Is it becoming a, a like a, a, a physical meme? Like Steve's are going to go visit. Steve? I, I, I don't know, but it, it may be. I, th- I think you know that's we need to start like a, a fund for that for, to take all the Steves that are listening and we head out there and and visit Steve, and then we can hang out in Stephen Smart's little you know his his underground his underground home uh, home, home theater. theater bunker. Yeah. Yes. The theater bunker. The theater I'm afraid bunker. if I visit his bunker that I would just never leave. You would never leave. That is the <laughs> truth. Yeah. How are your movie lives? Mine's been really slow, but um, but we did last night for family movie night. We put on Hugo to watch uh, with the kids, which Aww. was, you know, it's just a delightful um, uh, movie about the passion of movies and stuff. That um, Had they not seen it? Uh, Olivia had. Parker hadn't. Okay. And he didn't make it through. He <laughs> falling asleep before we got to the end, but uh, I'm sure he'll want to finish it because he was really enjoying it. And uh, it's it's always exciting to watch something like that. And then I I said to the kids, I'm like, hey, after this, do you want to watch a voyage to the moon? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh no, it's my heart. <laughs> Let's That's go so watch sweet. some George Melier. <laughs> it's yeah. not going to end well. <laughs> no, oh, they now the- now. <laughs> They they liked Metropolis though, right? That's right, Wasn't exactly. It? Yeah. So. Oh, that's true. Yeah, All right. So that's, that's right. Yeah. That's he's right. he's turned them into like little Criterion fanatics. So <laughs> you know. Daddy, so, daddy, so, let's subscribe to Filmstruck for Christmas. Yeah, it's like <laughs> Pete, you've got your daughter going to Hunger Games camp and Andy's kids are going to like Criterion camp where they're going to sit and, you know, you know, shot by shot breakdowns of, oh, you know, it. Buster Keaton movies. You you guys, you guys joke about that Hunger Games camp that my daughter attends. I'll have you know, she just landed her first job as an intern counselor at that Hunger Games camp. So she is no longer learning from them. She is teaching them. Oh, my. How about that? The revolution has begun. Summer the children will rise up. Yes. I, <laughs> you know, it was it was uh, two, two weeks ago, I think, family movie night. I introduced my kids to Jaws. It was a tough opening two minutes. But uh, after my, uh, my my son, he was like, turn it off, turn it off, turn it off. OK, let's go again. Let's try it again. And so we, we got through the whole thing after we got through that. So last night it comes family movie night and uh, we're all trying to agree. And my daughter and my wife had all had both agreed on the post that we were going to watch the post as a family. Oh, okay. and uh, and my son looks up and he says, uh, uh-uh. uh. Uh uh-uh. uh, we're watching Coco. You owe me. <laughs> so uh, none of us had wow. seen Coco, oh, and uh, okay. it, we missed it in the theater, yeah. and it was really delightful. What a fantastic little film that is! It is. Oh really yeah, is. It is. it's great. Yeah. Actually, we have. Um, we're, this is the week I've been getting like free movie stuff. So we had because I, you know, the internet owns everything that you do. So I just embrace that. 
I'm part of the whole Disney movie reward. So when I buy tickets online, I get my Disney points. So I had accrued enough points. We have a now like plush, uh, what is his name? Pepita, the, the weird like cat, goat, dragon, you know, yeah. spirit animal. <laughs> yes. Got one for that free. So yes. No, really? Yeah, free. And it, the thing is like, I don't know, maybe is like- it life size? Because no. I want it to be the size of a, a, like my garage. No, not, but it's probably, <laughs> I want to say it's probably about 12 inches tall, 12 or 14 inches tall. So it's a good substantial size wow. that I got for free with my points. So I got that. And then Warner Brothers, I'm like on the A-list community where I just answer surveys and I got an email yesterday saying, hey, we appreciate you. Here's a link for to download Dunkirk. And oh, here's a link to the score that you can download. So I'm like just getting movie swag all over Look the place. You, for thrifty internet shopper. Yeah. So so there's that. Part. I read this. Did you read this the article about like Hank and Marge and crack the internet or the state lottery? Because that seems to be you. They these two this two old people uh, who actually discovered the secret to their state lottery and won like twenty four million dollars. Oh, oh no! <laughs> of course, they actually solved the lottery. Yeah, so, yeah. Didn't think that hilarious. was a thing. I turns oh, out it's a thing. It's, that's Steve. Uh, what, what state was this that was running the lottery? Was it? <laughs> That was crackable. It was crackable. It was like, well, it was like, well, those numbers won. Let's take those out of the mix, and then we'll just keep going. (laughs) Actually, it's like, okay, Uh, your Powerball number is eight, (laughs) because that's all that's left. (laughs) It's the only ball left in the bucket. Uh, It's pretty funny. I did get out to see uh, Love Simon last. Oh, uh, nice. It was just Sunday. So Mm -hmm. I, I do highly recommend that. Uh, I think Andy, that was your trailer pick yeah, a, I think so, yeah. a couple a months weeks, ago yeah, yeah. and it really lives up to what my expectations were of a really good teen sort of like dramatic comedy that just really takes teens seriously um uh, and it's just it's it's a delightful movie so so much fun it's something that i think people are going to really enjoy and it, it what was interesting to me i'd never seen this before usually at the end of credits you'll see maybe that if you hang around the end credits, it'll, it'll be a statement of like, oh, you know, X number of jobs, you know, were created because of this movie, like 5,000 or 10,000 people worked on this movie. This one had right up front the the director and the main star saying, hey, we just wanted to say thanks for coming out to see this in the theater. Like hmm. coming out and actually mm-hmm. sitting in the theater to see it, not waiting yeah. to get it on, you know, digital later or pirating it. It was just like, hey, we appreciate you. Thank you for coming out and seeing it on the screen. And I've never seen that before. I so actually, I don't know if that's a new thing. It's it's a thing that they've been doing more and more of because when I went to see The Greatest Showman, they did that before it. It was the director and uh, Hugh Jackman. And it was the same thing. Oh, They're like, right. you know, we're trying to, we love people coming to see something like this in the theaters. So please keep supporting it. And uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's an interesting thing that they're pushing. Yeah. I thought you were leaning into the coming out thing as a yeah, right. as like a gay gag. Like, thanks for coming out oh, to see geez. this at the theater. <laughs> You're all gay now. You're all gay. <laughs> well done, Simon. High fives to everybody. Yeah, that wouldn't play well here in Arizona. Oh, <laughs> Look, I need to talk about Bushwick. Oh yeah, I saw your notes. That made me really sad. You, you have you have no one to blame but yourself. It was below your six star IMDb rule, so you knew you were you were hoping, on your own. I was deeply hoping for the Batista corollary. 
to the six star IMDb rule. I was hoping that <laughs> it's a whole that new thing. Bat- that there's a whole new little thing that Batista would buoy the rest of the movie because I really like Dave Batista and I want him like he's the he, he's the more subdued rock. He is I, I think he's great and uh, this movie there was some of it that was fine and it was trying to do some really interesting things. It's a it's it's a movie that that tries to do essentially these this all in one shot right it's this this chaos thing where there are uh, a loving couple comes up out of the subway to discover uh that they've gotten into bushwick and it's a war like there's a war going on and they just come up out of the ground and people are shooting at each other and falling off of buildings and it's just chaos reigns and so uh this it's just one long tracking shot um behind you know Brittany snow uh as she goes through her adventure trying to get to grandma's house and then her sister's house and then out of Bushwick. And in the process, she runs into Dave Batista and they go on their part of the adventure together, the sister, et cetera. But, and, and I would say, you know, there have been movies that have done this one shot thing before, um, and this movie doesn't do it as well, right? I mean, there are, there are just a lot of cuts that you feel like, okay, I know those are cuts. They go, he zooms in on stairs, people walking up and down stairs so many times that, uh, clearly stairs are, are an obvious, become an obvious cut. Um, and, you know, so they get, but they're trying to do something interesting, trying to do something different. Uh, it's an interesting story that when you, as they unravel why they're at war in Bushwick, it's interesting. And then the last 10 minutes of the movie happens and you start getting angry and you get angrier and angrier as you get to the last, I'd say, 45 seconds. The movie completely turns in 45 seconds and you'll hate it. I hated it. I got so mad at what they did at the end of this movie that uh, I just I, I really regret not turning it off and keeping it as five stars about 20 minutes. That's in. what I was going to say. That, that would was have the been five the, star cutoff. It, it, yeah, it, it would have been the five star cutoff at about 20 minutes. It would have it would have remained a solid little film in my heart of hearts. And instead, I regret that I let it just deteriorate and whittle those stars off over the last little bit, uh, because now I feel like I'm owed stars. It's really frustrating. That's, that's always the worst when it's something that has potential and then you just see it squander that potential yes. <laughs> over the entire course of the film until it ends up pretty much in the negative. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It, it ends on such a dour uh, note. Yeah, it was it was. It was hard. It's hard. I wanted the movie to be so much better. And man, it's it didn't. I didn't even check the what, what is the IMDb rating on this one? I, I didn't even look. Half a star? No, I don't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, the thing that's, was, you it, mentioned that. That's it. too I, generous. I'd never even heard of this movie. So I did. I mean, are, you were 5. just intentionally seeking. Were you intentionally seeking out every Dave Batista movie? Are you one of these completionists where you're like, I'm going to see you know every movie he's I, in? You know, well, we did no, the trailer was, pick I, I for was, this. We did the trailer pick. Oh, for it, okay. And, I was, and, and okay. so it'd been on my radar for that. And, um, you know, so I was I was curious. It was he, uh, Batista, uh, I, you know, produced it. He's he's big on it. Um, it, it definitely showcases uh, what he's capable of doing in, in a more sort of gritty, realistic fighting movie, you know, where uh, just a straight up brawler, um, you know, he's ex-military. Um, but, you know, so much of the problem uh, 
comes in the script. You know, so many of the of of what could have been really beautiful little um, like sentimental moments are telegraphed so early. The mystery is revealed so early in the film. I think unintentionally so. Uh, you know that they they start dropping these hints that you know, it, you just know how it's going to play out way too soon, and and that's that's frustrating. That's frustrating. It, it's a movie that that um, should have been better. Could have been better. That's a bummer. Ugh. That's a big. Bummer. It's a bummer. But now I don't but have I, to. I, now did, I can take it off my list. Don't have to watch take it, it off the list. Yeah, <laughs> take it off the list. I because it's been sick week. I I've been knocking off a lot of movies, and uh, you know some of them my son wins, some of my win. We finished the Expanse, the TV sh- series uh, season two, which is still great. Um, Steve, uh, did you actually dive into it? No, something else came up, and it's like. Dang it! I just there's always I, I, something. There's always I need a block of time. Maybe yeah. I just need a Saturday to just say okay, nine a.m. Let's go and just get a yeah. good chunk because there's it's so. I tried to get in and it was so dense and it's like after I was off for like it was two weeks between episodes. I was like I can't even remember where I was going with this. So yeah, it's it's tough. Uh, but the second season is is um, is even better than the first. I mean, it okay. just is. It's tight. Um, I saw Power Rangers <laughs> with Nicholas. Yeah, I saw that. Power Rangers. I noticed you didn't oh, give it a star dear. rating. <laughs> no. <laughs> it was fine. We had a good time. But no. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, wow. What do you think? Should we do some trailers? Yeah, let's kick them off. I think we're going to, yeah. I don't know, I'd say we should do a thumb war to see who gets to pull the A24 yeah. rule. But Pete, I you guess... didn't get the memo about it's all A24 trailers this week? I did not get the memo. I only watched your trailers this morning. It just full of regret. <laughs> well, I don't know. Do we do we just flip this upside down and, and take sympathy on Pete and let him go first because he's not a twenty four? I think maybe I think issue? maybe that's a new rule. It's the a twenty four cancel factor. If more, there's yeah. more than one, they, <laughs> they cancel each other out. <laughs> Unless one of them's a red band, but we don't have oh, that this week. Yeah, no, oh, no. the red band trumps everything, right. obviously. Yeah. It was the first so, and only so, rule. So, Andy, at some point, we need two red band A24 trailers <laughs> going head to head. Oh, wow. Then it's just alphabetical. <laughs> then it's just, no, then, then it's just, that's just apocalypse. It's just, you know, that's right. just <laughs> shut yeah. this thing down. It's End of time. Game times. over. <laughs> well, I have, I am bringing a true story. I can't believe it. <laughs> this is actually a true story, but I'm very excited about this movie on so, so many levels. It is called Tag, and it tells the story of a 30-year-long game of Tag uh, that uh, some friends have been involved in, and uh, that it, they wrote up as a as an article in The Guardian in 2013. Somebody saw it and said, hey, this would be a great movie, and now John Hamm is in that movie. Oh my goodness! Uh, it is just fantastic. Uh, cast: Annabelle Wallace, Jeremy Renner, John Hamm, Leslie Bibb, Rashida Jones, Isla Fisher, Jake Johnson, Ed Helms, Brian Dennehy, <laughs> Annabelle Bur- Hannibal Burris, Sebastian Maniscalco. Uh, it, it's a it's a massive cast, and it it really is just that simple. It is the story of these people. Uh, playing tag and the lengths to which they will go to to play the tag uh, as adults. Now, the the trailer showcases some really you know ridiculous things. You know who who in their right mind would actually 
tag someone at their father's funeral. Um, and, and you think that's ridiculous until you go back and read the Guardian article and realize that these guys are actually the ridiculous ones. The true story is the ridiculous one, um, the, the lengths to which they will go to tag one another. It's, it's, just, uh, uh, it's just great. It looks very funny to me. Uh, director Jeff Tomsick, uh, written by uh, Rob McKittrick, Mark Steline, Stellan Stylin. Mark Stylin. We'll go with Mark Stylin. Uh, and uh, it, it's coming out this summer. Uh, what'd you think? Oh, my gosh. I just watched this and was instantly uh, enthralled by the idea of, of this <laughs> lifelong game of tag, which I, I immediately told you. I'm like, we have to figure out a way to start this. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it's so funny. Um, I just, I got uh, just the, the the biggest delight from watching this and just the whole concept, the fact that it is a true story. The casting is great. I mean, what a great group of people. I love the idea of seeing Jeremy Renner in a comedy because he's often so heavy and serious in his choices uh, or more the action sort of guy. And so it's great seeing him in here and John Hamm. You're right. I mean, seeing him in the, in the comedy is just uh, fantastic. And you did mention Sebastian Maniscalco, but uh, he's just like one of my favorite comedians out there right now. And to see that he's in it as the pastor, I think that's just fantastic. <laughs> so I am uh, just so, so incredibly excited about checking this one out. So uh, I'm so glad that you picked it, even if it's not a 24. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, it's, it's exciting to see movies that are just fun. And I, I, the trailer starts towards, cause I thought, this is this great concept, but how do you sustain a movie with this? Where does this go? And the, the idea that Jeremy Renner's character has never been tagged once. So we've got some stakes there that I'm interested to see where, where this goes. And then one of the characters in the trailer, I, I think it's one of the wives or girlfriends says something about how, you know, this game of tag has really kept these guys connected. So I think what I'm looking forward to is, yeah, the, the silliness of the tag, but an interesting story about, you know, a group of friends that they've gotten older, how how you maintain those friendships. So it looks like a nice balance to me of not just we're going to go with ridiculous, you know, tag that I, I can't bear an hour and a half of that. I need something to keep me going. And it looks like it, this has that. And with this cast, I'm just I'm just thrilled i mean there's so many great little moments when they talk about like synchronizing their watches and it's like i i don't, I don't wear a watch and then hannibal versus like time is a construct and i'm like oh. <laughs> love him so yeah i'm really looking forward to this one when's this uh when's this coming out this is sometime this summer right june june 15th okay you asked all right uh, it, it's I uh, for me, <laughs> Episcopalians don't eat fish. Yeah. That, that sold me uh, on the whole thing. Jake Johnson is one of my very favorite comic actors right now, and I'm, I get very excited when I see him kind of ratcheting up his, uh, um, you know, his title. Uh, uh, you know, in these movies now, he's, you know, he's he's got Tom Cruise with the Mummy. Eh, wasn't so great, but you know, it's who you hang with, and uh, and now hanging out with uh, John Hamm, Jeremy Renner. This looks like a this looks like a perfect film for him too. Um, so yeah, June fifteenth, U.S. Uh, let's see, where's it? Uh, when's it uh, jump all? Yeah, it's it's pretty much a run around June through uh, a, a number of countries, including Netherlands and Russia and Bulgaria. July in the U.K., Sweden. July twenty fifth. Be on the lookout. Looks funny. That's awesome. me. Who's next? How how are you gonna how are you gonna do this? I suppose I should give it to Steve since he posted first. 
Oh, excellent. That's a good way to do it. There we go. There we go. I'm always Johnny on the spot with these because if I find something I love, I got to take it because I never know when you guys are going (laughs) to snag things. Because honestly, both of your trailers were ones that were in the running. But when I saw this, this just uh, took the cake for me because there's something about a story where we have like an everyman detective that really appeals to me. Like, you know, Big Lebowski, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. And so I'm always up for like, yeah, take take a guy and throw him into a mystery that he's trying to solve. And then in this trailer, you have these very Lynchian moments. Uh, Patrick Fischler saying, our world is filled with codes and subliminal messages. This is Under the Silver Lake, which comes out in June. And this is Andrew Garfield trying to, who has this mysterious woman that shows up in the pool of his apartment. And then she disappears and he goes on a journey to figure out what happens and just the most bizarre things he encounters trying to find out secret codes and everything and solve a puzzle. And it just has a tremendous cast. We've got Andrew Garfield. We've got uh, Topher Grace in there, who I ha- who I love and have not seen him in enough things recently. And Elvis's granddaughter, Riley Keough. Uh, who I loved in Logan Lucky. So I was excited to see her in this. And this is just one of these out of left field weird movies that I get really excited and hyped about. Yeah, I agree. It uh, it has that Lynch. When you said David Lynch, that was exactly what I thought when I, when I was watching this trailer is it totally feels like just a, a really crazy David Lynch movie. It got me very excited uh, to just kind of see the twists and turns that it was taking um, and, and I don't know, it's just, it's one of those stories that, um, I don't know if I really understand what the plot is going to be, but to a certain extent, I just don't care because it just, it has such a, a weird vibe through the whole trailer. Um, I did really enjoy it follows that, uh, that, uh, David Robert Mitchell also wrote and directed, uh, before this one. And, um, uh, it was just, it was a really well done, creepy horror movie. Uh, that I thought uh, was pretty great. And so I'm excited to see what he does here. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was great. I mean, just the, the, the there's that long tracking shot of him walking down the sidewalk, talking to his mom on the phone. He says, I'm fine, mom. Well, mostly fine. And <laughs> that movie just sort of in care that, tra- that shot encapsulates my entire feeling about the, the trailer. It's just uh, uh, it, it's got a, a really weird sort of charm to it. And uh, um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it. But you're right, man, this cast just nails it. Uh, this is it, it almost feels like just the right the right material to put these people together uh so i'm i'm very excited for it looks great and i i do have to say after watching all of our trailers i think what i'm seeing now is the trend in really good trailers is finding just the right song so in tag you've got of course can't touch this you know played and here we've got violent femmes added up as he's trying to you know put all the pieces together and i just saw that working so well with these trailers. And I started thinking, is that the thing now with trailers of you have to have a, a recognizable song to connect an audience to the trailer? Because we don't have, we don't have voiceover man anymore telling us in a world where a woman disappears, <laughs> one man is on a quest to find out what happened. We get, we get a song to sort of carry the emotional through line to that. Well- that's um, certainly something you know, that we've been seeing for a while. Because I remember when in like Killing of a Sacred Deer, it had uh, a very prominent song. I can't remember what it was, but um, but even going all the way back to David Fincher's uh, "Girl with the Dragon Tattoo," 
Oh um, yeah, you know yeah. it's 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 really it has become quite a thing to uh, to boost trailers with a very popular song, or I should say it's almost like oftentimes maybe not in these ones, but oftentimes it's a very popular song that's being covered in an in an interesting way for the trailer. True. Oh, that's right. Like. Uh what was it the oh well yeah i guess we did talk about that with murder on the orient express of how that song just did not really fit <laughs> right with, with that trailer and have you guys seen the uh the recut of solo or not even a recut i don't even think the thing was recut at all the solo trailer uh with uh beastie boy sabotage uh <laughs> and i'm i'm not kidding it it will make you want to see that movie uh it it is just, it's fantastic. It and for that Star song Trek. has now been so overused in Star Trek, but I'm telling you, it works really well. Uh, and this is just a fan recut. And when you watch these these trailers kind of back to back, you get a, like, the yeah, you know, I kind of want to see Solo. And then, oh, I'm going to see Solo. Uh, it, it's a great sort of case study. It's awesome. Andy, tell us about your song that went with your trailer. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> I don't remember the song. What? The trailer. You don't. I don't. It was, it was Enya. You've got oh, that's Enya. right. Yeah, sail, sail away. away. Yes, that's right. Yeah. How could I forget? <laughs> uh, my trailer is um, is the. It, it looks like a spiritual partner to Edge of Seventeen, uh, the Haley Steinfeld movie that came out. Um, this yeah. is uh, Bo Burnham's film Eighth Grade, that um, to a certain extent almost looks um, like. I don't want to say a little more of an honest take because uh, I think Edge of Seventeen had that, but this there's something about this that just feels like uh, like it it has that gritty kind of feel that just made it feel like really kind of painfully true. And I think Edge of Seventeen is there, so maybe they are more spiritual sisters. But Eighth Grade um, uh, with uh, the amazing Elsie Fisher starring as the uh, as Kayla, our principal is this story of this uh, this young girl trying to s- survive the last week of eighth grade before going off to high school and um it just it just has the that sense of the pain of <laughs> those years in school that just feels so um everything just feels so much bigger than it really is elsie fisher is uh, she just looks fantastic in the trailer she is um uh, mostly known, I guess, uh, as a voice as Agnes in the Despicable Me films, um, with her uh, fantastic uh, fluffy unicorns and everything. Uh, she's just adorable in those. But uh, wow. but here she's she's playing uh, this this shy eighth grader, and just watching her go through the motions in this trailer just uh, it just felt so true. And it was hilarious and it was painful. And I just thought it was awesome. Josh Hamilton uh, plays her dad. It looks kind of like a single dad sort of situation. He's one of those actors who, um, man, I've been seeing him on screen for decades now, but he's just one of those faces that um, that is just kind of always kind of an ever present sort of guy. I always enjoy him, even if I don't always remember that he's in stuff, but um uh, yeah, it's just one of those things. I, I really enjoyed the trailer. I enjoyed the vibe. Uh, what'd you guys think of this one? Oh, this was going to be one of my one of my picks. Like I said, this was I'm really surprised you didn't get this first. Yeah, Steve. It I, seems well, like you know what? Your pick I with almost the two went, teenage daughters. Yeah, yeah I, yeah. I almost went with it last week, possibly, and I thought because uh, I had just done flower flower the week before, and I didn't want to do two. You know. Steve's got an obsession with movies about teenage girls. No, um, <laughs> not not going to do that. 
but no, this is one where because sort of have have lived through this, and Andy, I'm, it's I'm like you're you're, you're you're right in the sweet <laughs> spot for this movie. But yeah, no, I like I said, I you know as I was talking about Love Simon, you know these movies that take you know the the trauma of being a teenager and treat it with such respect. Uh, you know, it's not the cheesy nineties version. It's like just really, as you said, sort of like gritty real of this is what it's like. And it's not always pretty. And we're not going to, you know, make, you know, the other thing is you look at the cast of the kids and you've got all the awkwardness of teenagers. It's not like, wow, it looks like the cast, the next cast of 90210 where everybody's got perfect skin, perfect teeth and perfect hair. These are, these high schoolers are actually just sort of young looking 28 year olds. (laughs) Yes, right. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, these are kids with braces and you've got just that whole diverse mess of being in it yeah everything and that it just you know says your story is important so yeah this is something i'm i'm just really thrilled this to see this uh and and where this goes i'm yeah with elsie i think that's you know a a starring role there where she's not just a voice to see where this launches her career absolutely and again, on that song, I mean, I, I was a little older than eighth grade when Watermark was released, uh, that album, yeah. but it, it became uh, a, a pretty significant soundtrack of, of that year. And uh, Orinoco Flow was was just, I mean, it was right there. So hearing that music, the, the first chord, you know, uh, yeah. in this trailer put me right where I needed to be um, to, to kind of join with these characters and feel their weirdness. It was, it was really just, just perfect. Have either of you guys uh, um, followed Bo Burnham at all on, on his YouTube channel or any of his other comedy shows or anything no. he's done? No. I haven't either, but um, I, just reading about him, it, it, it's interesting. I mean, this is a guy who really kind of got his start on his YouTube channel and then just kind of blew up as far as a kind of a, I mean, you look at him on Wikipedia, it says, He's an American comedian, singer, songwriter, musician, rapper, actor, director, screenwriter, and poet. <laughs> it's like, wow, <laughs> he's a very busy boy, this uh, Bo Burnham. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, this opens uh, in July. It doesn't have a specific date yet, but uh, uh, definitely something that is on my list. All right. Let's do the list. Now, I was not of, yeah. here last week. Uh, how would you like to set this up? Well, our uh, movie we're talking about this week is Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance, and uh, there certainly is some revenge taking place in the film. So we thought, hey, let's let's pick our favorite revenge films. So um, I guess we'll just uh, we'll kick it off. Who wants to start? Uh, Steve, why don't you why don't you start? Okay, I'll I'll steal all all the things. Steal the movies. I always go first and steal all the movies. So the good thing about this is there are a lot. Oh, so there are there yeah. are so many. Yes. So uh, yeah, and I tried to focus on what are movies that uh, have been overlooked or people have forgotten about them that I think is are worth revisiting when you think about revenge movies because there's lots of there's there's always something you know out there. So I wanted to dig sort of into the deep cuts here. So. One of the most innovative and daring things I ever saw in a movie was when Steven Soderbergh decided to cast Terrence Stamp and then use as flashbacks footage from films that Terrence Stamp starred in, a film he starred in back in like 1960-something. So I'm talking about The Limey, 1999, which is about a man that uh, Terrence Stamp, who just got out of prison and is on a quest to find the man that killed his daughter. And the way to that Soderbergh integrates these flashback scenes and just to see Terrence Stamp as the lead in a film. This is 
Soderbergh when he was in his I'm going to do one for me and one for the studios. And this is his one for me uh, film that is just uh, I remember really enjoying it with Soderbergh sort of operating with his freedom to do what he wants. Uh, I haven't seen it in a long time. And as I was putting together my list and this one came up, I said, I definitely need to revisit this one. It's been far too long because I remember just having a great time with this one. I think we're getting to a point where you're going to have to start picking a Soderbergh movie every time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, all right. No, no, we're not. (laughs) Have you guys seen this one? I saw it. um, I I feel like I saw this one uh, when it came out in the theater. I can't remember if I saw it in the theater or when it was first released on DVD. Um, But it's definitely something that's worth revisiting for me because I remember enjoying it quite a bit. And I remember really just being incredibly impressed with Terrence Stamp and what he was doing in the film. Yeah. Um, so I, it's it was a thrilling film. It was hitting that point in Soderbergh's career where I, I started not uh, wanting to see everything that he did because he started kind of, for me, for my tastes, kind of going off the rails and doing stuff when he was doing the ones for him. It was like yeah. a little too much. <laughs> like, I think what was the, the breaking point for me was that... Um, the one where he had like all of the actors sign a contract saying you don't get your trailers, you don't get your assistance. It's very low budget. Oh, that was full like, frontal. Yeah. Oh man, and I hated that so much. It was just the one of the worst experiences. So that that kind of was the killing point for me with, with Soderbergh. I had to break up with him for a while. But I think this was <laughs> this was before full frontal, and I do yeah. uh, remember enjoying this quite a bit. Yeah. Well, I have never broken up with Soderbergh. We've had moments. Go watch but full I frontal. We never called it off. No, I I know. I I maybe I'm saving myself. I've, I'm living in blissful ignorance. <laughs> but I haven't seen this one either, and I, I am a, a Soderbergh fan, so I I feel like I need to fill in the hole. Uh, this is a good one. Uh, okay. Well, so Andy, you want to go next? Do you want me to go next? Go for it. Do you want to take the risk? All right. I'm going to take the go. risk. I'm going to see if I can go through this without you guys stealing mine. He's going to have us do all, all of right. ours and then he'll just, <laughs> yeah. we're just going to go back and forth and then Andy will do all three. Um, you know, I, I went back in time a little bit on this one and, and honestly, when, when I heard you guys picking revenge films, this was the first and only film I could think of for a long time, except for John Wick, John Wick, John Wick. Um, <laughs> it, it, <laughs> Uh, and, and I'm talking about Sam Peckinpah's original 1971 Straw Dogs, uh, based on the book The Siege of Trencher's Farm uh, by Gordon M. Williams. This uh, is a, a really controversial movie um, f- for the time and is largely credited with a, a ramp in uh, in violence in movies as a result of, of a number of things going on in this film. A, a rape scene um, uh, and, and then, of course, Dustin Hoffman going absolutely crazy uh, in the latter half of this film. And uh, it's there's there's some stuff that's hard to watch, certainly not as hard to watch, uh, you know, as many, many of the films that that we see today. Uh, But you can certainly see where the this this film um, actually, you know, represents a a pivot of sorts. And I, I think it's worth it's worth seeing. It's worth seeing Dustin, just for Dustin Hoffman's performance, uh, how he pivots in the film from being a guy who runs away to a guy who stops running. And, uh, you know, if, if anything, the last sort of five minutes of the film, uh, as you watch him settle into a new normal, uh, it's it, really powerful filmmaking. So uh, I'm, I'm a fan of this movie, Straw Dogs. Uh, I think it's worth seeing if, you have, if you've if uh, you missed it. Well, it didn't take long for someone to steal one of mine. 
<laughs> How's that little game working out for you, Andy? So much for that. Check that game <laughs> off. I love this movie. Uh, it is a really hard movie to watch, um, but it's uh, an incredibly powerful one. So good choice, Pete. I'm glad you put it on the list. Excellent. Thank you, Andy. Well, Steve, have you seen this? Have you seen Straw Dogs? No, because everybody tells me it's a tough watch. And I've, it's one of those where I've just, uh, I don't know when I'm ready to sit down and watch, put myself through that. <laughs> so it's it's on my list of like classics that I regret not having seen yet. So, yeah, that's yeah. exactly the list yeah. it belongs yes. on. Yeah, absolutely. My first choice is a, uh, a more recent film. It is from 2013. Uh, Jeremy Saulnier directed this uh, with uh, starring uh, Mason Blair. It is a really amazing film that uh, was funded through Kickstarter, showing what Kickstarter campaigns can do. It is Blue Ruin, a really, really powerful movie about uh, about revenge and how what happens when revenge starts begetting revenge and how it just kind of down downward spirals into everybody dying. Um, really, really amazing, amazing film, uh, following this, you know, you start off following this guy who seems like a beach bum. And then all of a sudden you, you get this, this police woman coming over and talking to him and saying, Hey, they're releasing the guy who killed your parents. And then it just goes into this, this crazy, crazy journey. Um, I, I was blown away when I watched this movie. I just, I really was impressed with with uh, what uh, Jeremy was doing with the, the directing here, and Mason Blair as the as the lead was just um, kind of mesmerizing. Um, he followed it up with uh, Green Room, which a lot of people really praised and loved. I enjoyed it. I didn't love it as much as this one. I think this is the uh, the highlight of his career at this point. But uh, that's my first choice, Blue Ruin. I haven't seen that one either. I haven't oh, seen gosh. that one. You no, guys definitely it's, it's, need to check this one out. I think it's been on Netflix on and off, you know, shows up there or, or moves around online. So I know it's always out there, but okay. It, it gets Andy's uh, seal of approval. So yeah, it's my, okay. really worth checking out. So uh, look at it when you get a chance. All right, Steve, number two. Uh, let's see. I guess I'm going to work back chronologically to 1995 when Antonio Banderas was looking for a man who calls himself Bucho. But they had to do it the hard way. I'm talking about Robert Rodriguez Desperado, which was his sequel to El Mariachi. I remember seeing this in the theater and just having so much fun with this. And I remember being highly criticized at the time for having this like MTV style of editing and ridiculous things like rocket launchers and uh, guitar cases. But uh, Antonio Banderas and Steve Buscemi and I think the first time American audiences got to see Salma Hayek, just a movie that is one of my favorites. It's just a fun thrill ride of vengeance and bloodshed and explosions. Wonderful. I love that uh, you picked that. It is a steal. Uh, <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm, I'm on the board. Uh, and uh, it's a steal because I picked El Mariachi for something a, a little <laughs> while ago. And I was so excited <laughs> that I could follow up to that. So well done, Steve. Uh, all right, my number two, uh, gentlemen. I I have to tell you, I I can't make new memories. 
Oh. I know, you know, it's funny. The number of people that I have been mentioning that I was going to pick Memento uh, uh, who haven't seen Memento. It, for me, it feels like a movie that you just have to have seen. Uh, and, and I forget that it actually takes effort to go find a movie and actually sit down and watch it. I, I feel like everybody's <laughs> just seen it uh, so that we can talk about it. Maybe they've seen this it and blew. forgotten it and they forgot to tattoo <laughs> on their arm that they <laughs> watched it already. Tattoo. That's right. Not enough <laughs> post-it notes and Polaroids. I, uh, I was blown away by this movie and I feel like it didn't, uh, you know, my, I, I wish I could have my theater experience back uh, to, to relive because I... Uh, I, I really enjoyed what Christopher Nolan was doing with this movie. And I feel like, I, I don't know, I feel like it's a movie that that people change their opinion of it based on whatever Nolan has done s- since. And uh, that that is sometimes works in its favor and sometimes does not. And, and uh, you know, I for me, it's a movie that's just every time I go back to it, I, I really enjoy what it's doing. Um, uh, it, it's it's not like I see dead people, you know, it's a it's a movie that I can watch again and enjoy and get something new out of, um, even though I know w- what the mechanics of the film are, are doing. So uh, for me, Guy Pierce, Carrie Ann Moss and Joe Pentliano are, are just at the top of their game. I, I love uh, I love what they're doing uh, throughout. So uh, number two, Memento. Good pick. That's a good one. Oh, that's a, a great the, pick. Yeah. One that I remember seeing it the first time and just my head exploded by the time I got to the end. It just, <laughs> yeah. What, uh, yeah. Just a, a brilliant film that it's been a long time since I've seen. So it, that, that's one to, I, I wondered how well it was going to hold up upon repeated viewing. And so I sort of set it aside because I thought, well, I really enjoyed that experience the first time. But with a big reveal like that, I didn't know how well it would hold up so you're saying it's definitely worth a revisit because it it there's new stuff to discover you're enjoying it every time oh yeah okay and and i think christopher nolan and jonathan nolan are they are whatever you think of the stories they're meticulous filmmakers oh yes and the the attention to detail is is um you know uh, very important to them and and so it's a movie that uh you know it, it it doesn't drop too many clues um and so when you when you watch it again knowing how it it actually falls together you know it's it's extremely gratifying to see that it actually works it's not just they're not just pulling one over on you so i really enjoy it good choice well for my second pick um i'm looking at uh, steven spielberg's 2005 film munich which uh again the violence begets violence this is uh, a, a secret uh, account uh, that the uh, of retaliation that the Israel government planned against the PLO after the uh, Munich uh, massacre in the 1972 uh, Munich Olympics. Um, I, I know this this film is a little divisive sometimes with some people, but I found it to be an incredibly powerful film about violence and revenge and you know what it does to a person and and watching uh eric banna as his character kind of goes through this this uh retaliation and and pulls it off and how at the end of the film it really leaves him kind of this broken man and you know here he is kind of suffering ptsd and he's thinking that he's being followed all the time and and it just it 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 was a really good example for me showing how uh, how this mindset with a person is not a good thing and this whole idea of revenge really can break you down and turn you into something that's not who you are anymore which i guess you could say we see in sympathy for mr vengeance as well uh it's it was uh for me it was a really powerful experience i i love the movie i think it's one of spielberg's greats and uh yeah so that's my second choice munich I need to revisit that one. 
it's it's a it's a it's a strong film. Again, I know some people uh, are divided on it, but uh, I thought it was uh, yeah. I thought it was pretty great. I guess yeah, I didn't see it in a the theater. I waited to watch it on video at home, and I maybe because I'd heard like oh, it's this divisive film, and that there's I mean, it's one where I I didn't hate it. I didn't I wouldn't wasn't one of my favorites of the year. I think, you know, Spielberg is, will always find a way to tell a compelling story. And yeah, it's one that I enjoy, but it just didn't leave its mark on me that way. Um, but it's one I'm, I'm open to revisiting because again, I think there's, there are great filmmakers make films that you can revisit and you will have a different experience depending where you are in your life or what's going on. Um, so that's one that I'm, yeah. I'm open to. Yeah. Well, I think it's I think it's worth revisiting. I think okay. it's a really interesting one. So um, I, it's yeah. it's one of those. My memory of it it was that Eric Bana outshined the movie overall. That that he was just amazing, and the movie was good. Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. I, I, I it well, and I think that's that's you know one of the things is a lot of people's uh, criticism was you know we didn't get to know these guys enough. This team, Daniel Craig's in it. Uh, it's a, it's a great group of 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 people, but we don't really get to see who they are more. And I, I don't know, yeah. I guess I ended up disagreeing with that. I felt like I got a, a nice sense of, of this team and just how they operated and everything. I, I just, I don't know. I, I, I really like it, but uh, again, I, I totally get that. It's one that didn't uh, click for everybody, but for me, it's a, it's a good one. So, well, I think it's, you know, Pete, I think to that point, sometimes people have a certain expectation of what type of film they're going to get. And I think, a lot of times what I see with Spielberg, what he's doing with his sort of historical, you know, stories that he's taking on, whether it's this or Bridge of Spies or The Post, is it's not so much about, hey, you're going to go on a journey with these characters. It's here's a movie that's about a point in history about what was going on that is resonating with things that are going on today to get us to reflect on that. Because I see that with, you know, the post and particularly like bridge of spies where it's like, you know, you know, what do we value as Americans? So I think that's the challenge when you have like Eric Bana and Daniel Craig, you're like, okay, yeah, it's going to be, you know, this, you know, big thrilling action movie. And it's not that. And I think that's part of why, I struggled with it because I, I wasn't connecting with what Spielberg was trying to tell me with this film, which wasn't, oh, here's an entertaining action movie with this, you know, these guys on this mission. It's look at what's going on sort of politically and culturally. And so that's yeah, sort right. of the lens I think I need to take when I revisit it. So, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's, I think yeah. that's smart. What's your next one? My next one is 1992 Clint Eastwood's great Western, perhaps the last great Western ever made. I don't know. This is one that just uh, epic story of a man drawn out of retirement to take a job as a mercenary and, you know, does that and runs, you know, cross paths with a sheriff that's not going to put up with shenanigans in his town. And then it turns into a revenge story. And then like the gloves come off and Clint Eastwood and Gene Hackman. And it's just, you know, to me, like a great, perfect film. Uh, 1992's Unforgiven. I'm here to kill you, little Bill. Yep. <laughs> Such a great movie. I was really close to putting it on my list. I'm glad it's out there, though, because it's uh, it's one that everybody should see. But last great Western. I mean, what about Wild Wild West? I don't, I, because I don't think there needs to be a Western to be, the story to be told as a Western. I think you can set movies in the West and have cowboys and, and do things, but I think this is truly like 
the great American Western story. Here's here's the thing. I think you're absolutely right. I really do. And if there would have been a way to put Val Kilmer's Doc Holliday in this movie, it would have been the super, super perfect Western <laughs> yeah. uh, because that was a standout performance in an, again, an otherwise good movie, but it needs to be in the canonical perfect Western. Yes. That performance. You're going to skin that smoke wagon. You're just going to stand there and bleed. Oh, God. Awesome. <laughs> Forget it. All right, Pete. What's up? Okay. Well, I think you, you guys should know there is only one more true revenge movie to put on the list. Everything you've said is fine, but there is no other truly revenge movie that belongs on the list. So everything you're going to say from now on, Andy... Your last one obviously doesn't count because this is Ouch. the perfect revenge movie. It is, yeah. Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> oh, it's right there in the title. Why didn't we That's see awesome. that? It's right there in the title. I cannot believe I was allowed to get to number one with this movie. Their time has come, gentlemen. Jeff Kenu directing a uh, screenplay by Steve Zacharias and Jeff Buhai. Uh, this is uh, <laughs> this is an amazing uh, college comedy uh, starring Robert Carradine, Anthony Edwards, Ted McGinley, Bernie Casey. Uh, it, it is uh, just uh, it's a it's a riot. If you're in the right mindset, uh, you really want to learn about the Alpha Betas and Pi Delta Pi and uh, and the nerds uh, as they reclaim their uh the the sanctity of their nerddom uh over the course of an hour and a half it is uh, it's a riot to this day for me i i'm sure that it has a lot to do with my emotional state when i first saw it uh but my goodness i i adore this movie and uh lots of really terrible stereotypes it's <laughs> ribald and truly i'm sure stupid but i don't see what it was way. your emotional state when you first saw this movie well, I mean, come on. I mean, well, came I, well, out in 1984. Well, I know, but so did you see it in 1984? Was this? I I, I didn't. Okay. I didn't. But I definitely, I definitely saw it uh, when I hormonal you know, teenager. I, yeah, okay. As a hormonal teenager, and and so you know, I saw it. Uh, you know, at at a point where it it felt much more like a grown up movie than I deserved to see. Sure. And so it felt like uh, I was getting away with something. Uh, seeing this movie, like there's, there's no way mom and dad would allow me to see this. <laughs> no, because because if you look and at the IMDb plot keywords, there's breasts, cleavage, female removes her clothes, <laughs> female nudity. Yeah, there's a there's a topless. Keyword. I mean, this is yeah. <laughs> bare breasts. This and, okay, yeah. But, I love that these know, are all categories. The, I know <laughs> IMDb categories are the worst. Uh, there's a category there, breasts the, and bare breasts. Yes, exactly. Because <laughs> there's because sometimes they're covered, sometimes they're. Bare. And that's the difference. It's very important. The worst. Yes. <laughs> uh, but there is some funny kind of Home Alone-esque uh, uh, comedy in oh, here. Yeah. And uh, I I had a really good time watching this movie. Uh, now that I've been outed as a hormonal teenager. Uh, there you go. Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, yeah. I think I snuck that one on HBO when uh, yeah. my parents were sleeping. So, so not an option right for family movie night. Not an option for <laughs> no, family movie night. No, no, no. <laughs> Except for Pete, who clearly yeah. has no no sense of restriction. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
All right. Well, gentlemen, I know this one doesn't count, Pete, but <laughs> um, I am ending with this, which I think is uh, a, a great uh, a great end to the revenge series that we're doing here. Um, it is uh, it is a film that I, I guess in my head I didn't initially think of as a revenge film, but the more I thought about it, I'm like, you know, it really kind of is. It is the brilliant Alex Garland film from 2015, Ex Machina. And it is, uh, it largely isn't a story about revenge. It is about this, this, uh, employee who wins this lottery to come to the CEO's house and, and kind of learn about or do tests with his AI, uh, to see if it's capable of, of thinking and human qualities and all this sort of stuff. And, um, as we get to the end of the film though, and we, we realize that there's kind of been this whole, plot that the uh, and this is very spoilery so if you haven't seen it you know skip ahead in the show but as the ai basically has kind of plotted this whole thing out to to escape and and (laughs) kill her maker lock up the other guy and escape into the real world and i when when the ending of this film came it just blew me away so that to me uh, is a fantastic tale of of I guess you could say revenge as you know she's been created and now she's going to get rid of her maker so that she can she can step out into the real world so that's my final pick well I adore this movie and but you're you're so right like the the last 30 minutes of the movie it's a hard left turn and and feels like a different movie than the one you've been you've been watching um and and it's one of those movies I think that the second or third time I watched it I I had this sense that I really wanted to see the first hour of that movie, right? What goes on when she's not on screen kind of a thing. Oh, yes. You know what I mean? Like, where? what is the, what what leads up to her, you know, what's the planning of the caper? You know, well, then we're going to kill this. Well, anyway, uh, I I think it's absolutely fantastic. And, and, um, you know, not, it's not just great science fiction. That's right. That's, it's just a great film. So, uh, great pick. Alex Garland, I mean, that's one where to see a guy that's been, Working as a writer with some interesting scripts, you know, take the helm of a movie and just deliver something that is just sort of stellar. Yeah, that's right up there. So mm-hmm. totally agree. Excellent. Excellent. Absolutely. Well, All right. what are so we, we going to do? Uh, we've got two more films full of revenge. <laughs> I know. You know, I think uh, uh, Nick Langdon over in uh, Discord uh, said we could do uh, great long shots because we do have in uh, in Old Boy we have a pretty spectacular um, long shot as he uh, well I guess we shouldn't jump into it too much but uh, there there is a great long shot in that film and so we could do our favorite films with uh, with some fantastic long shots. Yeah, for me, I, I read that that posted Discord and that that locked it for me. I, I didn't even do any more thinking about it. Yeah, I feel like we have to do long shots. Right. Okay. Well, but but I have to ask: is it is is it just any long shot, or do we put and put some criteria around it? Because in Old Boy, you know, there's something going on. It's not just one of those long tracking shots, like follow shots. Yeah. Right. It's not like uh, well, I don't know, because even in a long tracking shot, I mean, I think there's there's some some impressive stuff that obviously is happening it has to happen yeah. right but i just mean there are a lot of those 
you know, that, that we could choose from. We've talked about a number of them on the show, right? Just let's put a camera behind a character and walk through an amazing set right, right, where right. hundreds of people are doing amazing things. Like Bushwick, like right? Like Bushwick, right? Right, <laughs> <laughs> Note to self, Bushwick, number one. <laughs> well, what, well, what would you have in mind? Like in action scenes? Well, that's what I was saying. Like maybe we, maybe the part, part of the criteria is it has to be a long shot that is not just a follow shot, right? There has to be some sort of action taking place beyond walking through a set. So we can't do a, you know, the... Aaron Sorkin walk and talk long shot. Yeah. We want want something more going on. But like when you say like follow, like, uh, I mean, does something like Boogie Nights count? Like, I mean, we, we've talked about that's what show, I was, but that's actually because your Boogie Nights is the example I was saying that would that that would be restricted. So you can't because we're following the character, but we're, we're swinging around the room meeting a lot of other characters. So that's the sort of thing that we're not going to include. I don't know. Maybe I'm overthinking. But something Maybe like I Children just need of to make Men, that my personal thing. Children of Men is okay, where it's it's we're right. still following them, but it's there's a war going on around them. Yeah, it's a straight up action right. sequence. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think if we just restrict it to yeah, action sequences, long takes okay. in in an action sequence. Then that uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm sure right. we can come up Let's with something. Is long there a takes, restriction to length <laughs> when we're calling it a long take? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a great. That's a great this point. one's this one's like twelve seconds long. It's amazing because because a Michael Bay long take. Yeah, <laughs> you know, if it's if it's ten seconds, that's pretty long. Yeah, for Michael it. Bay yeah. makes it to seven seconds. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, right. I think we yeah. just if start just, yeah. start okay. long. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We'll know. Yeah, like dogs playing poker. We'll know. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Excellent. Hey, nice set of movies, gents. Uh, there are some I definitely need to see. Uh, and, uh, you know, and some it, worth it's revisiting nice to, in here too. Yeah. Yeah. Some definitely worth revisiting. Absolutely. This was a great, uh, great selection. Thank you everybody, uh, on the Patreon supporter list. We sure appreciate it. And we love that you're, uh, hopefully doing dishes, uh, to, <laughs> to our Saturday matinee. Hope some of these, uh, some of these movies, uh, are good ones to add to your own list. Uh, thanks for your support, uh, on Patreon and, uh, gentlemen, Andy, Steve, have a great week. You too, man. You, all right. Thank you. I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January. Or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read 
and get started today. 